0: BestBookBits.com presents Abundance The Future is Better Than You Think by Peter Diamandis and Stephen Kotler. We will soon be able to meet and exceed the basic needs of every man, woman, and child on the planet. Abundance is for all and within our grasp. This bold, contrarian view, backed up with exhaustive research, introduces our near term future where exponentially growing technologies and three other powerful forces are conspiring to better the lives of billions. Since the dawn of humanity, a privileged few have lived in stark contrast to the hardscrabble minority. Conventional wisdom says this gap cannot be closed, but it is closing fast. The authors document how four forces, exponential technologies, the DIY innovator, the techno philanthropist and the rising billion are conspiring to solve our biggest problems. Abundance establishes hard targets for change and lays out a strategic roadmap for governments, industry and entrepreneurs, giving us plenty of reasons for optimism. The written and audio summary can be found on our website bestbookbits.com, so without further ado, I bring the book summary of Abundance, the future is better than you think, Cognitive Biases, our decisions are made based on limited, often unreliable information, and further hampered by internal limits, the brain's processing power, and external limits, the time constraints under which we have to make our decision. So we have developed a subconscious strategy, a problem-solving aid for just such situations. We rely upon heuristics. Heuristics are cognitive shortcuts, time-saving, energy-saving rules of thumb that allow us to simplify the decision-making process. If it bleeds, it leads. These days, we are saturated with information. We have millions of news outlets competing for our mind share. And how do they compete? By varying the amygdala's attention. The old newspaper saw, if it bleeds, it leads, works, because the first stop that all incoming information encounters is an organ already primed to look for danger. We're feeding a fiend. Pick up the Washington Post and compare the number of positive to negative stories. If your experiment goes anything like mine, you'll find that over 90% of the articles are pessimistic. Quite simply, good news doesn't catch our attention. Bad news sells, because the amygdala is always looking for something to fear. It's no wonder we're exhausted from the very beginning of time until the year 2003 says google executive chairman eric schmidt humankind created five exabytes of digital information an exabyte is one billion gigabytes or a one with 18 zeros after it right now in the year 2010 the human race is generating five exabytes of information every two days by the year 2013 the number of five exabytes Produced every 10 minutes. It's no wonder we're exhausted. Dunbar's number. People tend to self-organize into groups of 150. This explains why the US military, though a long period of trial and error, concluded that 150 is the optimal size for a functioning fighting unit. Save time and save lives. Today, light will cost less than half a second of your working time if you're on the average wage. Half a second of work for an hour of light. Had you be using a kerosene lamp in the 1880s, you would have had to work for 15 minutes to get the same amount of light. A tallow candle in the 1800s over 6 hours work. And to get as much light from a sesame oil lamp in Babylon in 1750 BC would have cost you more than 50 hours work. Cumulative process. When people say we have information-based economy... What they really mean is that we have figured out is how to exchange information. Information is our latest app commodity. In a world of material goods and material exchange, trade is a zero-sum game, says inventor Dean Kamen. I've got a hunk of gold and you have a watch. If we trade, then I have a watch and you have a hunk of gold. But if you have an idea and I have an idea and we exchange them, then we both have two ideas. It's non-zero. A curve on a piece of paper. Let's examine the Osborne Executive Portable, a leading-edge computer released in 1982. This bad boy weighed in about 28 pounds and cost a little over $2,500. Now compare this to the first iPhone released in 2007, which weighed one-hundredth as much at one-tenth the cost, while sporting 150 times the processing speed and more than 100 times the memory. Google on the brain. Using Moore's laws, the average $1,000 laptop should be computing at the rate of the human brain in fewer than 15 years. Fast forward another 23 years and the average $1,000 laptop is performing 100 million billion billion calculations, 1,026 per second, which would be equivalent to all the brains of the entire human race. Larry Page describes the future of search in similar terms. If Google will be included in people's brains, when you think about something you don't know much about, you will automatically get the information. Networks and sensors. The planet has grown a central nervous system. This nervous system is the backbone of the Internet of Things. Now imagine its future. Trillions of devices, thermometers, cars, light switches, whatever, all connected through a gargantuan network of sensors with each of its own IP addresses, each accessible through the Internet. Suddenly Google can help you find your keys. Stolen property becomes a thing of the past. When your house is running out of toilet paper, oil cleaning products or nespresso beans it can automatically reorder supplies if prosperity is really saved time then the internet of things is a big pot of gold as powerful as it will be the impact of the internet of things will have on our personal lives is dwarfed by its business potential soon companies will be able to perfectly match product demand to raw material orders streamlining supply chains and minimizing waste to an extraordinary degree Efficiency goes through the roof. With critical appliances activated only when needed, lights that flick on as someone approaches a building, the energy-saving potential alone would be world-changing and world-saving. Artificial intelligence. Who cares if the nearest hydrogen fill- filling station is 25 miles away if your car can refuel itself while you sleep? Robotics. In 1950, the global world product was roughly $4 trillion dollars. He says in 2008, 58 years later, it was $61 trillion. Where did the 15-fold increase come from? It came from increased productivity in our factories equipped with automation. Medicine. Now, your cell phone size device can not only analyze blood and sputum, but also have a conversation with you about your symptoms, offering a far more accurate diagnosis than was ever before possible and potentially making up for our coming shortage of doctors and nurses. Nanomaterials and nanotechnology. Nanobots, as they are called, can start with whatever materials are on hand soil, water, air, and so on. Pull them apart atom by atom and use those atoms to construct, well, just about anything you desire. But almost anything we're asking nanobots to do has already been mastered by the simplest life forms. Duplicate itself a billion times, no problem. The bacteria in your gut will do that just in 10 hours. Extract carbon and oxygen out of the air and turn it into sugar. The scum on top of any pond has been at it for a billion years. We may lose our ability to properly control it. Dexler himself described a grey goo scenario where self-replicating nanobots get free and consume everything in their path. Gold in Dem hills. Wikipedia took 100 million hours of volunteer time to create, says Striky. How do we measure this relative to other uses of time? Well, TV watching, which is the largest use of our time, takes 200 billion hours every year in the US alone. To put this in perspective, we spend a Wikipedia worth of time every weekend in the US watching advertisements alone. If we were to forego our television addiction for just one year, the world would have over a trillion hours of cognitive surplus to commit to share projects. Imagine what we could do for the world's grand challenges with a trillion hours of focused attention. The world is my coffee shop. Until the 18th century, it must be remembered many Westerners drank beer almost consistently, even beginning their day with something called beer soup. Now they began each day with a strong cup of coffee. One way to explain the Industrial Revolution is as the inevitable consequence of a world where people suddenly preferred being jittery to being drunk. Two-thirds of all growth takes place in cities because of the simple fact of population density. Our urban spaces are perfect innovation labs. The modern metropolis is jam-packed. People living atop on one another. Their ideas are as well. So notions bump into hunches, bump into offhanded comments, bump into concrete theories, bump into absolute madness, and the results pave the way forward. And the more complicated, multilingual, multicultural, widely diverse, the city. The greater its output of new ideas. Santa Fe Institute physicist Jeffrey West found that when a city's population doubles, there is a 15% increase in income, wealth, and innovation. By 2020, nearly 3 billion people will be added to the internet's community. That's 3 billion new minds about to join the global brain. The world is going to gain access to intelligence, wisdom, creativity, insight, and experience that have, until very recently, been permanently out of reach. The upside of this surge is immeasurable. Never before in history has the global marketplace touched so many consumers and provided access to so many producers. The opportunities for collaboration thinking are also growing exponentially. And since progress is cumulative, the results of innovation are going to grow exponentially as well. For the first time ever, the rising billion will have the remarkable power to identify, solve and implement their own abundant solutions. Energy Poverty the solar power in the desert of North Africa is enough to supply 40 times the present world electricity demand. The Holy Grail of Storage Aquino Energy builds a battery similar to today's lithium iron designs, but with a serious twist. Rather than relying on lithium, a rare and toxic element, its battery uses sodium and water, two cheap and ubiquitous ingredients, with the added advantage of being neither lethal nor flammable. The result is that the battery releases energy evenly, doesn't corrode, it's based on earth-abundant elements, and literally, it's safe enough to eat. The hole in the wall, the small village of Kali Kupam in southern India. This time, Mitra decided to see if a bunch of impoverished, Tamil-speaking 12-year-olds could learn to use the internet, which they've never seen before, to teach themselves biotechnology, a subject they've never heard of, in English, a language none of them spoke all I did was tell them that there was some very difficult information on this computer. They probably wouldn't understand any of it, and I'll be back to test them on it in a few months. Two months later, he returned and asked the students if they understood the material. A young girl raised her hand. Other than the fact that improper replication of the DNA molecule causes a genetic disease, she said, we've understood nothing. In fact, this was not quite the case. When Mitra tests them, scores average around 30%. From 0% to 30% in two months, with no formal instructions, was a fairly remarkable result, but still not good enough to pass the standard exam. So Mitra brought in help. He recruited a slightly older girl from the village to serve as a tutor. She didn't know any biotechnology, but was told to use the grandmother method, just stand behind the kids and provide encouragement. Well, that's cool. That's fantastic. Show me something else. Two months later, Mitra came back, this time, when tested, Average scores have jumped to 50%, which was the same average as high school kids studying biotech at the best schools in New Delhi. One tablet per child. While the computer's fabled $100 price tag has yet to materialize, it's roughly $180 today, OLPC has delivered laptops to 3 million children around the world. Predictive, Personalized, Preventive, and Participatory. P4 stands for Predictive, Personalized, Preventative, and Participatory. And it's where healthcare is heading. Combine cheap, ultra-fast, medical-grade genome sequencing with massive computer powering, and we're en route to the first two categories, predictive and personalized medicine. Fear, curiosity, greed, and significance. There are four major motivators that drive innovation. The first and weakest of the bunch is curiosity. The desire to find out why. To open the black box to see around the next bend. The new spirit of St. Louis. Competitions such as the X Prize provide extraordinary leverage. Nine teams cumulatively spent $400,000 to try to win Orta's $25,000 purse. That's 16 fold leverage. The Power of Small Groups, Part 2. The American anthropologist Margaret Mead once said, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. There are, as it turns out, pretty good reasons for this. Large or even medium-sized groups, corporations, movements, whatever, aren't built to be nimble, nor are they willing to take large risks. Such organizations are designed to make steady progress and have considerably too much to lose to place big bets that certain breakthroughs require. The Power of Constraints Dan and Chip Heath, the best-selling authors I've made to stick while some ideas survive and others die, point out in the pages of The Fast Company, Don't think outside the box, go box shopping. Keep trying on one after another until you find the one that catalyzes your thinking. A good box is like a lane marker on a highway. It's a constraint that liberates. Fixed Price Solutions The XPRIZE Foundation, we've launched 6 competitions, awarded 4 of them and conceived another 80 plus that are awaiting funding. Incentive prizes have a 300 year track record of driving progress and accelerating change. The Upside of Failure Failure is a dreaded component for most business people, but failure can be actually a huge engine of innovation. The trick lies in approaching it with the right attitude and harnessing it as a blessing, not a curse. Getting comfortable with failure. Companies have begun strengthening their fearlessness muscle in rapid prototyping. The process of brainstorming wild new ideas, then quickly developing a physical model or mock-up of the solution. This process, say SHIV, allows people to move quickly from the abstract to the concrete, and lets them visualize the outcome of their ideas, because not all prototypes end up as the best or final solution. Rapid prototyping also teaches that failure is actually a necessary part of the process. Robotics, AI, and the unemployment line. No one is entirely certain, although it's helpful to remember, that this isn't the first time automation changed the employment landscape. In 1862, 90% of the workforce were farmers. By the 1930s, The number was 21 percent today it's less than two percent so what happened to the farm jobs that were displaced by automation nothing fancy the old low-skilled jobs were replaced by new high-skilled jobs and the workforce was trained to fill them this is the way of progress and that's a wrap on the book summary of abundance check out our youtube channel with over 400 video book summaries uploaded previously And check out our website, bestbookbits.com, where you can download the written summary in PDF format, in video categories such as biographies, business and marketing, habits, health, leadership, money, personal development, philosophy, psychology, real estate, relationships, sales, spirituality, success, and time management. If you're into audio podcast summaries, check out our website, mixcloud.com forward slash bestbookbits for over 400 audio book summaries to listen to at your pleasure. Follow our Instagram account at Best BookBits for daily posts and motivational quotes. Thanks for watching and listening. Hope you got something out of this book summary abundance. Go out there and be abundant. Take care.